thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, we really do believe that we are better together in small groups of people. Uh, we had a great meeting this past Friday at my house with some people just uh, being real and being authentic in a group of people that you can feel comfortable with sharing your struggles in life and sharing the good and the bad things that happen in life. And uh, we hope that you can get involved in a group. So if you're not connected in a group, uh, we really do believe life is better together. Uh, See a volunteer at guest services before you leave here tonight. And if you're watching online, uh, be sure to comment groups and uh, we will get in contact with you and see if you can join a small group. We do have online groups that meet too. Uh, So if you'd like to join that Zoom group, uh, that might be an option for you if you're watching online. Uh, the Zoom group just started a new study, by the way, uh, The End of Me by Kyle Eidelman, and uh, we had really good positive feedback this past week uh, from the first chapter. So, uh, again, if you're online and you want to join a small group, uh, that might be something you want to get in contact with. Just go, uh, comment groups on this post, and uh, we will get in touch with you uh, later this week. Annual Picnic is happening next weekend. We're so excited for this. Uh, so, Following Sunday service next week, uh, Saturday crowd, you guys are invited. Uh, join us uh, for Raising Cane's Chicken Tenders. Uh, my guys from KCU days are going to be happy about that, but they won't be here, so sorry about that, guys. Uh, but Raising Cane's Chicken Tenders next week, and uh, we encourage everyone, if your last name begins with A through L, to bring a side, last names M through Z, uh, bring a dessert. We're going to have some fun games as well, so stick around um, after we're done eating. And uh, starting this past weekend, uh, we started collecting uh, candy and uh, cash and check in our Tide jug to go toward our pizza outreach for Trick or Treat. Uh, We're planning on giving out around 750 slices of pizza this Trick or Treat. And uh, you can help by dropping in candy, giving cash and check, and also volunteering by signing up over here and uh, circling one of the time slots. So uh, join us for that. Uh, We would love to have you be a part of our team. We are in week nine of Forward Thinking. Uh, We wrap up next weekend, but this weekend we're talking about walking with Jesus. Sometimes that means we got to take baby steps. Let's go ahead and get started. Okay, guys, let's grab a Bible. How about Ephesians chapter 5? We're going to look at the 17 verses there in the first part of Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, pretty cool stuff, pretty cool stuff. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, excited to share with you this lesson, but I got a story I want to start with first. So let me see if I can capture your attention with a story. Sounds like it could have happened, might be true. A few months ago, I was making several phone calls, a dad said. Um, I was in the family room where my three-year-old daughter, Adrian, and my five-month-old son, Nathan, were quietly playing. Nathan loves Adrian. So that's good. The five-month-old loves his sister, the three-year-old. She has been learning how to take care of him, how to mother him and be gentle with him since the time he was born. I suddenly realized that the children were no longer in view. I'd been busy on the phone. Panic-stricken, I quickly hung up 
and I went looking for all the pieces, what might have happened. Down the hall and around the corner, I found both of them. The children were playing in Adrian's bedroom. I was relieved and also upset. I shouted a bit and said, Adrian, you know you are not allowed to carry Nathan. He is too small, and you might hurt him if he fell. Startled a little bit, she answered and said, I didn't, knowing myself that um, he couldn't crawl in there. I suspiciously asked more questions, and I said, kind of stern, Well then, Adrian, how did he, how did your little brother get all the way into the bedroom? Confident of my approval for her obedience, she said with a smile, I rolled him. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that does happen. Maybe it does happen to all of us at times. We probably get it. If you're a big brother and you've got a little brother or little sister and you were given the responsibility to take care of them and Everybody said, don't pick them up. You might drop them. You got to be careful. Maybe we all get this point like, well, okay, but I'm not going to do anything wrong, but I got to go to the other room, so I'm just going to come up with something that'll work, so I'm just going to roll them down the hallway. Maybe it's that way for us even as we try to follow Jesus. Maybe it is. I just talked to two people who are grown up. They're not little people. They're big people. Just talked to two people. They're coming back tomorrow. And they're coming back next weekend to make Jesus decisions and get things straightened out. And they feel like the story that I just told you. They feel like little kids. Because they are like little kids when it comes to Jesus. They, they're like baby Christians. Want to be baby Christians. They've got, they got big bodies, they're bigger people, but they're like little bitty baby kind of people when it comes to Jesus. So they're just starting out with learning how to, to toddle, learning how to crawl, and then, and then you begin to walk. And so that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about how it's sort of like we get this if we're a grown-up and we've got a little bitty baby in the room and we know that you've got to be careful and we give them a lot of you know, tender, loving care and we're really kind to them and... We do everything we can that we don't drop them. But what about big people who are like little baby Jesus people? What about those kind of people? Like baby Christians just getting started, they can be injured too. It takes baby steps. It takes for all of us before we can learn to toddle and learn how to walk and then learn how to run with Jesus. You've got to start out with just... You know, the best you can do. And so you guys at Journey and other places and other churches, wherever you worship, when you see somebody that's a big person, don't just look at them as a big person, but think about what is their Jesus size. Is this a person who's a grown-up and matured and is a Jesus follower and is ready to do anything? Or is this like a brand-new baby Jesus kind of Christian who hasn't really got very far? And, and if it is that way, you, we who are older should do our best to try to help them, guide them. Say amen? So kind of look around the room, guys, just because we're all sitting together and, you know, maybe, maybe we're all the big people in the room, but just think about people that we might help learn how to take a few baby steps. 
Write this down. Learning to walk with God is a, is a really significant part of our development, just like child development counselors and doctors tell us, you know, that our child's supposed to go through these different growth stages and then they're fully developed. We know what it looks like whenever they're not a baby any longer, not an infant, whenever they're a toddler, and now they're going to go to school. We know what that looks like. Do you know what that looks like in a Jesus-sized person, a baby Jesus person who's just started to follow Jesus? Walk or wobble or roll or however you can do it with Jesus, but we have to love more. Write this down. The first step that we can measure how we're doing is that we love people like Jesus loves people. We've got to love people more. And I'm going to read this, and you guys can follow along on the screen. We got to love a lot of people more, especially big people who look like they ought to be grown up, but they're not very grown up yet. They're just little bitty Jesus people. And they got big, but they haven't got very big yet with knowing how to love other people. Verse 1, chapter 5. Be imitators. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even the hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse jesting. They're all out of place. No, no place for that any longer. But instead, rather, just thank God for everything you can. Thanksgiving every day. Verse 5, for, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Hmm. Let nobody trick you. Let no one deceive you with empty words for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient so uh, let, let me use a little story about Nathan and Adrian and the little three-year-old and the five-month-old and and how things sometimes happen we we need to help our younger siblings whether they're in a nuclear family that we live with every day or whether it's in our spiritual family and they're they might just be like people that just got started with Jesus and they're brand new at this. We need to help them like a parent helps like helps building blocks with a, an infant, a child, a toddler, helping them to learn how. And so verse 1 begins with some fundamentals that we really need to practice with people who are around us, may not be as far along as we are. Loving them like Jesus would love them. And so verse 1 Paul begins telling the church at Ephesus who wants to get past the past and have forward thoughts and forward thinking is you got to treat people better. you got to let people know who were once outsiders that now they're insiders. 
the people who were once Gentiles, not Jewish, are now invited to the Jesus party. So you and I have a role to play like a mom and a dad, like a big sister or a big brother, and it is kindness and goodness and, and genuine concern about I hope I'm not going to hurt this and make it worse. And the way that we the, the way that we do this best is starting in verse one is that we really look at this fundamental of trying to do it, helping our brothers and sisters in Christ. By doing it the way God would do it. So imitate it. The verse 1, Paul says, imitate, be imitators of God, be followers of God. And, and he's even got some specific language in the Greek language here. We have the English, but this word imitate or follow, mimitai, mimite, mimites, whether it is to mimic or imitate, or to mime, or mimic. It's this same sort of idea that we're supposed to do what Jesus would do, and say what Jesus would say, and and so we want to do that. That's what we're that's what we're looking for to help other people learn from us, and that we too practice what He wants us to do. And so it's kind of like the instructions in the class that we're given, the assignment that we're given, verse one. That, that we're all just in this classroom together with God and not all of us are at the same level of understanding. And so the best way to help ourselves and help others is to mimic, mimic what God, imitate what God does, what examples that Jesus gives us. That's the best way to do it. Mimic what God would say and what God would do. What would he do? What would he say? What would God say? What would God do? What would Jesus do? What would what did, what did He just tell us in chapter four, chapter five, verse one? Chapter four, verse thirty-two that we just finished up. It says that that God is kind, that God is compassionate, and that God is forgiving. Are you? Are you kind? Are you compassionate? Are you forgiving when people disappoint you or let you down or they don't keep their promise? Chapter 5, verse 1, he says, God is love. Are you, are you able to love people who really don't, they haven't gotten very far yet, and they're not running with Jesus, they're not even walking with Jesus, they're not even toddling with Jesus? Sometimes you have to roll them to the door to get them to church sometimes. Amen? Heck, I'm just saying, are you still kind and compassionate and forgiving? Are you loving people who aren't really grown up yet? Are you loving all of them even when they don't get it yet? Even when they're not really doing what they really ought to be doing yet? That's what he says. That's forward thinking, getting past the past, and doing things and imitating, mimicking this kind of attitude that God has. God has for all people. Children's letters to God. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. Nan. So you probably got somebody in your family that you have a hard time getting along with. You have a hard time loving them like God, mimicking and imitating what God would do. God is love, and we must walk and talk, talk like God in love. John chapter 15, put that verse up there. As the Father has loved, has loved me, so I love you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. We don't love people enough. That's why we're fighting in Israel right now. We have enemies. We make enemies. 
You don't have to go to the Holy Lands. It can be around your table. It can be with your family. It can be at your Thanksgiving. It can be at your Christmas. It can be at your birthday party. We don't love people like God loves people, even people who are hard to love sometimes, because it is hard. But that's really how we mimic God and imitate God is loving people who are difficult. Say, difficult? I got three over here, and I got four over here. and I, But it's true. Man, I'm telling you. And all of you guys who are online to catch this later, we, we really do. We have, to, we, have to, we have to favor God by imitating God. So why don't we? I got a question, so why don't we? Okay, look at me for a second. Eyeball to eyeball. Because I got I know I know what I'm gonna say just now. I know what I'm gonna say right now, Brian. I know what I'm gonna say. So why don't we do that? I'll ask Bridget. It's her birthday, but no, no really, I won't put her on the spot. But it really Bridget, you made me think of this. I'll tell you what happens is I'll tell you why we don't love people, everybody like God loves us. I'll tell you why we're not very good at mimicking and imitating God and loving people who haven't gotten very far yet in their Jesus relationship. Because, you know, I, I can tell you why. Because sometimes, you know, people we have an injury, we have an illness, something happens and we have to go to rehab. I knew I was going to get that in there somehow. We have to go to some kind of physical or occupational or some kind of, some kind of rehab because of what's happened to us. Maybe the relationship broke down and we've got to get a counselor. Maybe, there's, maybe the anxiety has taken over and, and, and we need to talk to someone about our depression. I'm just saying that there are things that happen to all of us like injuries, like somebody dropped me and they shouldn't have been picking me up, and like, like Adrian and Nathan. And so sometimes with real people and real stories, trying to coach people, trying to mimic and imitate our good, good father who loves everybody, God really is for everybody, even slow learners. Even people who've had injuries, even people who don't want to do the work to get better. You can be a physical, occupational therapist, counselor, helping people overcome depression and grief. But sooner or later, everybody has to do the work. And sometimes we grow weary of trying to help people who aren't really wanting to do the work. And the only way that we can get past that is that we love people like God loves people and not give up. Say, give up. Don't give up. So let me give you six trouble spots (laughs) that Paul mentions in chapter 5 to the early first century church of all things that he brings up. Now, if you, were, if you were the preacher at the church at Ephesus and you were talking to people who used to be outsiders and they just got invited to the Jesus party and they were invited inside because all the Jewish believers said, you're not coming in, you're not kosher. And Jesus said, we're not doing it that way anymore. We're inviting everyone in. What would you have said? What was the sermon? What's the first sermon that you would have given at Ephesus to a bunch of people who were already living like a bunch of rowdies out here in the world because they weren't going to anybody's church? They were having parties on the weekend. What would you have said? Well, look at what Paul says. Look at what the Apostle Paul says. Six areas here in verse 1, 2, 3, and 4. 
Three of them have to do with the heart and three of them have to do with the tongue. I'm sure, Bridget, that you've got a checklist for what you're what muscle groups and what you're supposed to be moving, which arm or limb. I'm sure you've got a checklist to follow to see how they're doing. Are they doing the work? Are they getting better? I'm sure there's a checklist. There's a checklist for all of us. Six areas to monitor our progress. Three of them deal with the heart. Three of them with the tongue. Here's the three heart issues. If you want to really begin walking in love like God walks in love, growing up, no more baby steps. If you really want to make some progress with your therapist and get stronger, look at, look at verse 3. Verse 3. No hint, not even a whiff, not even a smell of sexual immorality. That's a great place to start with everybody who's been spending their weekends at Las Vegas. But that's where he starts. Three heart issues. If we really want to grow up and no more baby steps, for me, I'm going to walk with God and love like God loves people. Not even a smell, not even a little whimper, not even a whiff of sexual immorality. And the Greek word pornea is an umbrella word for all kinds of activity that's outside marriage, fornication, all kinds of sexual promiscuity. It's a lot of things you could say, but he puts it right in there in the Bible, in his, in his sermon to the church at Ephesus. Any sort of physical sex without marriage is unacceptable, unacceptable and a whole lot of other stuff that we do that really keeps us kind of weak and not as strong as we could be. Look at... Look at verse 3 again. No hint of impurity. you got another word he throws in there. No hint of sexual immorality. No, no hint of impurity. A, a general term, another Greek word he uses for unclean, impure, any contamination. Maybe we didn't have sex before marriage, but maybe we got into a lot of trouble because we went way too far in our physical relationship and compromised our hearts. I don't know. But he throws it in there and says, warning, danger. And then look at the third one here in verse 3. Not even a hint of greed. So sexual immorality, impurity, and greed. I guess you're I guess the best I guess we would think about money as being greedy, but the Greek word pleonexia is translated lust. It's not just greed for somebody else's money. It's a greed for their body. It's wanting something, again, in a physical way. It's a heart issue. So that's a big one. It's a tough one, especially for people who just started trying to get this Jesus relationship sorted out. So you got to be careful and cautious as you help people who are just taking baby steps. And Paul tells us these, this is a checklist. Here's, here's four, five, and six. The one that has to do with the tongue. Here's, it's in verse 4. There should be no obscenity. There should be no foolish talk. You shouldn't really, he calls it coarse, jesting, joking, dirty jokes, sleazy kind of humor. There's a Greek word for this. Foolish talk. Moralongia, which is where we get English moronic. Don't be a moron. Say moron. <laughs> Don't be a moron, buddy. You want to... You want to get past the baby steps? 
don't talk like that anymore. That's not a good idea. It is moronic that we think that we are going to love people like God loves people if we use those kind of words and have those kind of stories. Not a good idea. Say amen? Yeah, we mimic God, imitate God. Learn to control our heart and our tongue is part of taking baby steps. Man, it's hard, but it is important if we're going to walk with Jesus. We can change for the better. There is a better story. The story's not over. Jesus is still writing our book of life. He can write a new chapter for everyone. So love the things that God loves. Be kind to people. All kinds of people. Even people that are still struggling to recover from their lifestyle in the world. And love, love people like God. We love people. Try to help them get beyond just baby steps and coach them with these kind of six trouble areas of the heart and the tongue. Most of us at one time were just like them and we probably all struggled with some of these six areas that were mentioned here by the Apostle Paul. So first thing you got, got to do is walk in love and loving all kinds of people to get past your own baby steps and help other people get past theirs. Got it? Say, got it? Okay, here's the second one. Here's the second one in chapter 5. We got to also walk in the light. First walk in love like God and imitate God, mimic God, be kind and compassionate and forgiving with people that blow it and said the wrong word. They dropped the wrong word at your dinner table. Like, man, you shouldn't have said that in here. My mom's going to really blow a gasket. Who, Whatever they did, whatever they thought or said, you got to love them, walk in love, help them get past baby steps, and then walk in the light. Put that down. Walk in Jesus' light. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7, chapter 5. Therefore, <laughs> because you want to grow up and you don't want to just have baby steps, you want to really be a fully developed follower of Christ. We all do. We should. We'd want to try to reach our full potential. Say potential. Are you reaching your potential or are you just sitting on your rump? Come on now. I mean, are you, just, are you, are you accepting mediocre and average life? Is that good enough? Are you just happy with that? You know, I mean, Paul really wants us. He wants the church. He tells the church, like, we can do better. There's more available. And so in order to do that, walk in love and walk in light. Therefore, do not be partners with other people, those who are listed here in verse 6, who have this kind of empty words and empty mind, empty heart, tongue and heart issues, sexual issues. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Okay, and find out what pleases the Lord, what makes him happy. That's a great idea. It's a great idea. If your dad's not happy when you get off the school bus, well, ask him how you could make him happy. There's something wrong. I mean, we ought to really be trying to figure out how to make God happy. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. That's why it is said, wake up, guys. Wake up. The church is the sleeping giant. Man, I, I, who, how many sermons have I heard about that? It's the honest and goodness truth. You guys who have listened to me for the last 16 years, some of you have listened to me for 45 years. My wife has longer than that. 
But I'm telling you, it's hard to stay alert and awake and on your toes and be sharp and like, give me some more, preacher. Like, let me have it, preacher. I mean, what we're really doing is just trying to stay awake. Like, man, you're going too long. Like, I've already heard that before. And we lose track and we get distracted and we lose our way because we're just people. This really is important. Or we're just going to be average mediocre. And we're supposed to love like God and mimic and imitate what God does for all kinds of people. And we're supposed to walk in the light and not in the darkness anymore. We're supposed to wake up, guys. Say, wake up. I didn't hear a word. Say, wake up as, as we yawn. I'm, I say, wake up. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, we need to probably wake up and, and really realize that we're on a mission. And we have a purpose. And it is to help somebody else who's not as far along as we are. They're probably not walking or toddling or running with Jesus nearly as much as you are. They're probably taking a lot of little baby steps. So what could you do to help? Verse 7 and verse 8. Functionally, we imitate God. We help other people grow up and take, take some baby steps to mature and get past our past and have some forward thinking and change our heart and our tongue and, and no longer is it a selfish, narcissistic kind of addictive lifestyle that's about me. It's not about self-love. It's about loving other people. That's what he says, verse 8. And, and if you're ready to make this change to love like God and walk in the light, then you make this leap and this lunge and this launch into God's arms that you can shine. You can really shine. The message paraphrase says in verse 8, you groped your way through that murk once without Jesus, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes you makes your way plain. So no more stumbling around. Get on with it. Say, get on? Yesterday, Connie and I went to the movie in Georgetown, and we went into the theater, and we were the first ones in there, and they didn't have the you know the subdued lighting on yet. All they had was the little tiny light lights on the floor little tiny little bullet likes and she was stopping to look for her favorite seat and I was going right to the seat I was going to sit down in man I kicked that step I didn't see that step I just about bulldozed her to the ground I mean I just lunged and I'm telling you guys uh, this is us. This is what people look like. We think we're going to talk to somebody about Jesus and next thing we're stumbling over our feet. We're falling against somebody. We're knocking somebody down. Shine a little light. Don't hide out in the dark places in the corners anymore. Turn on the lights. Brighten the room. There is nowhere to hide in the shadows for those who really want to grow up. Write that down. Man, I'm just saying. You gotta give it up. You gotta let it go. You gotta leave it behind in the bottom of the river, like Phil Robertson said. You gotta die, buddy. The old man that you used to be, you gotta leave him in the bottom of the river. If you're messing around with junk that you used to play with before Jesus and talk about before Jesus, then stop it. You're not shining a light on nobody. 
Matter of fact, your light's getting dimmer the more that you do that. Now, I'm not trying to preach to you. I'm trying to teach you. But I'm telling you, this is a hard message to talk to people about who didn't go to church. They just got invited recently. And now they're on the they're on the guest list and they got to the Jesus party and the first thing this preacher told them was, quit playing around in the dark. If you've got Jesus in a relationship, then you need to, you need to start shining a brighter light for other people who don't. Some rooms of our life are more brightly lighted than others. Like that step that I stumbled over in the theater. It wasn't very bright in there, and I stumbled, and glad I didn't hit the ground. Do a little house cleaning. Verse 14. If we've got a bulb burned out, replace it. Get with Jesus. Take a knee, buddy. If your bright light somehow got burned out with Jesus because it's been a long time since last Sunday, then take a knee. Ask Him to light, light you up again. Walk in Jesus' kind of love and walk toward Jesus because He's where the light's at. Don't walk the other way. And here's number three. If you do this walking in love and walking in the light, you look better. You look like somebody knows what they're doing. You look like a grown-up. You don't look like some knucklehead that you used to be. You look like what God wants you to look like, a mature, a fully developed Follower of Christ. Verse 15, 16, 17. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't, like, don't act like a five-month-old that somebody's got to roll to the front door of the church before you're ever going to come back again. Seriously? But understand what the Lord's will is. Babies and toddlers don't understand the danger. They waddle off, wander off, toddle off. New followers or old followers of Jesus, either one, we can all get into a lot of trouble in a hurry. So learning to be careful comes with time. Learning to be wise comes with time. Verse 16, make the most of every opportunity. God wants us all to get the most out of our life. Verse 17, in order to do that, you have to grow up. You have to get past the baby steps. Amen? Yeah, you got to help some of our friends that they're still, they love Jesus, but they ain't got very far. We ain't seen them in six months. We ain't seen them in the last year. Nobody has. I'm just saying you got to choose. you got to help them choose. It's light or darkness. you got to choose, guys. It's like casting a vote. you got to elect somebody. you got to vote for somebody. And elections have consequences. If you pick the wrong guy, if you pick the bad guy, if you pick the devil, the darkness, there's consequences. No wonder you're miserable. No wonder you can't control your tongue. No wonder your heart's messed up. No wonder you're looking at women that you shouldn't be looking at. Come on now. Or guys that you shouldn't be looking at. I'm just saying. It makes sense. It really is. Bad habits. No direction. Wandering through life disengaged. 
with God's stuff, the stuff that really matters, stay away from that stuff. Walk cautiously. Walk cautiously, not aimlessly. Have a purpose. Stay away from that crazy stuff that's in the darkness because it's not going to help you shine your light with somebody else that's trying it as well. So, say amen. Does it make sense? Heck, I tell you, here's the bottom line then. I hope it makes sense. I'm going to tell it again tomorrow. I hope you share it with somebody else. Paul's told it to all of us for the last couple thousand years when he put put the book of Ephesians in the Bible. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get distracted. Don't drift off from what really matters. Grow to be more like Jesus. Do the rehab and recovery. Even if it's hard, it is rewarding. You can get better. Listen to your therapist. Listen to your counselor, your preacher, your friend, your father, your mother, grandmother, best friend. Learning to walk with God is a process of taking many, 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 many little baby steps. But don't give up. It's not over. Help somebody. Begin to walk with God in love. Walk in the light. And look like a mature Jesus follower that God wants them to be. Amen? All right. We're going to take communion then. That would be the next thing to do. You guys who are watching, I hope you are. If you have a Jesus relationship, you don't have to have a church preacher do this for you. You can do it for yourself. I did it for a year overseas when I was in the military, man. I sat on a rock and looked at the yellow sea and I had communion by myself. So can you. That's where you're at. Get some kind of piece of bread. It could be anything. Represents his body and some kind of little juice. Represents his blood. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought, when he's brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never, never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. I hope you understood what I've said for the last 30, 35 minutes. That you have a choice, like an election, light and darkness. And who is the shepherd that you're going to follow? Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever come or came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved you better find the gate and the shepherd his name is Jesus take the bread
If you listen to somebody on TikTok or you listen to somebody on social media and you think they have a better idea than Jesus, good luck with that. As Phil Robertson says, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. You've got to choose, Buster, whether or not it's going to be walking in the light or walking in the darkness. Bury this old man or this old woman in the bottom of the river again because of Jesus. Together? God, thank you that it's not over. It's not over until we stop breathing and you have snatched us up and away to heaven. May we be faithful and may we do our best to get started again on track, helping other people do the same. Thank you for your grace and mercy that takes away our sin. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys who are home, thanks. Come and see us. Come to the picnic next weekend. We'll feed you Cane's chicken, it sounds like. And uh, come and join us, and we'll do that. You guys can celebrate. We'll have a good time together. And uh, hope, hope that's uh, possible for you, too. And uh, you guys who are still here with us in the crowd, we're going to sing another song. So you guys come on up to the stage. We'll play one more song. <laughs>